Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sidecast. It's your boy Val from the Side Room Podcast. Once again, with a special guest, it's your boy Jay Rand from the Stoop. How you doing, Jay? I'm good, man. I'm chilling. I've been trying to get this damn podcast on and popping for a minute now, so I'm not even going to do my laugh, man. I had the <laughs> Halloween laugh. Nah, nah, so... do, do, do your laugh. <laughs> I had to do it. I got it on my system. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. October has rolled out, and now it's, it's, your, it's your birth month right now, man. It's Halloween season. How you feel? Hell yeah. I feel pretty good, you know, man. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm chilling. I've been, I've never been really one of those, you know, big on the birthdays, but I mean, I am proud to be born in October, you know. Everybody loves the month of October, so, you know. <laughs> it's the season of the wolf. <laughs> and we kind of rolled out something new for all your ear holes out there in podcast land. This is going to be a new segment that we're going to try to do on a weekly basis called Pop 5. It's going to be a, a pop culture ranking system going from 1 to 5, reviewing things in pop culture such as movies, films, the, uh, we're looking at comic books, we're looking at music, we're looking at all forms of entertainment, whether it even be freaking Plenty of Fish or Moco Space, doesn't even matter. We're going to have fun with it. We're going to do our damn thing to give a 1 to 5 kind of ranking system. How do you feel about that, Jake? That's actually a good idea, man. That sounds like money. When you came to me with that, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, that's a dope idea. I'm not even going to lie. Fresh content every Tuesday. Top five, short and sweet, plain and simple. I like the idea. I'm yep. with it. 
We're gonna start off today making history with um our our one for best horror remake. So when I was looking down the bat right about now, I was a little skeptical because of the fact that there's not a lot of horror remakes out there that are actually good. But I think we did some research pretty well and we found some top five material. And I'm gonna let you take the range for number five. Your pick. Number five, my pick. Remember, people, this is my opinion. So I'm going to go with number five as an honorable mention because, honestly, like you said, there's not that many. So I really couldn't think. I have to think and dig through the archives, but I'm going to go with The Hills Have Eyes in 2006, the remake. Mm. Like, that's my top five right there, like the number five. Excuse me. Hilly. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like, it's it, it's real random. It's real weird. People why the hell's that vibes when there's so much out there, you know, carry, whatever, etc. But, like, I had to go with the hell's that vibes because I remember sitting in theaters watching that movie and it just has so much things to it. Like, aside from the protagonist being gangster, you know, he, he went crazy in that movie. My and, <laughs> and, and and the freaking zombies, whatever you want to call them, uh, souped up on hillbillies. Yeah, them hillbillies souped up on radiation, you know, like they, yeah, they was they was on some beast mode, man, and it, and it made you kind of feel helpless, and it made you, you know, like want to see them get ended. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, they got their comeuppance in the movie. I definitely agree with you. That's a great pick. Is there any yeah. reason why though it's like your number five compared to like all the other movies you have without spoiling it? Without spoiling it, I have to put a number five. Like I said, I really couldn't think of a number five, but I feel like my one through four, they each had like an individual factor that made them stand out to me in a higher level than The Hills Have Eyes. So, you know, what about your number five? What's up with yours? My number five is a movie because you were saying that I was going to pull out something you probably never heard of, something crazy. Mm -hmm. And my (laughs) movie is 2010's Let Me In. It's a remake. Uh, upon a Spanish film called Let the Right One In, starring Chloe Matez. And basically, it's a movie about um, a little boy who moves into an apartment complex and befriends a little girl to find out he's a vamp- she's a vampire. Throughout the whole movie, this little girl is kind of killing all his bullies, destroying all these people around. This kid's like, yeah, you know, I guess you're cool because you're my only friend in this fucking new place. <laughs> so, like, it's a little raunchy. It's a little out there. It's a little crazy for the fact that, spoiler alert, the chick is not really a kid. Of course, she's actually, like, a 100-year-old vampire, and she recruits little kids to be her little, uh, her little slaves to kind of go out there and find food in the daytime and bring it back to her apartment. So it's pretty mm, She's an enchantress. I like that. Yes, yes, yes. But I feel bad, though, because the chick's like, what, 12 years old. So unless you want that pedophile tip, really <laughs> no, no. get on with it, Cletus. <laughs> nah, so let's let's delete that. I didn't say nothing on the record, man. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I don't support that whatsoever, but the movie kind of blurs those boundaries a little bit. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but I have a special place in my heart for that movie because it's so it's so out there. It's uh it's one of those movies you're probably never gonna watch again, but it's always great at the first glance. What's your yeah. number four? The what? What's your number four? My number four, all right. Well, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. I had to put number four, the remake of Dawn of the Dead in 2004, man. Okay. I had to, okay. 
you know, it's a little bit interesting because, I mean, people are going to sit there, well, that's not really a horror flick, it's a zombie flick, yada, yada, yada. But I had to put that as number four because, for my recollection, I really don't recall um, a zombie movie where the zombies became freaking souped up on juice. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, in the 2004 remake, they just, they were running. They was on the Usain bullshit. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, yeah, Zombie Baby in that movie. So I'll give you a good look for that one. Oh, look at that. I forgot about the Zombie <laughs> Baby. <Yeah. laughs> oh, and you can't forget the, the Zombie Heavyweight chick when she came out running out of the, the thing. Yeah. yeah, you can't forget about that. I totally forgot about that, but to me, it was just, like, a little bit groundbreaking. That's why I put it number four, because before that, like, in the old Dawn of the Dead, the zombies looked like they was walking around with pneumonia and stuff, and, like, eh, you know, slow <laughs> as hell, so... That's... Attack all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's why I had to put that as number four, just for that factor that the zombies, like, became more aggressive and started running, actually, instead of the slow-paced, you know, moving and stuff like that. So okay. that's my number four. What about yours? All right. You might get on me for this one. And mm-hmm. a lot of people might get on me for this one as well, too, because they find it very blasphemous. I don't really give a fuck because, number one, the director is one of my favorite artists of all time. So got to be a little biased on that part. But yeah. this is 2007's remake of Halloween. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. My fault for cutting you off. I'm sorry. Are we talking about the Rob Zombie remake? Yes, yes, yes. No- Wait, yeah, your list gets ruined. Number four? Number four. So, um, I put it at number four because of the fact that there's certain things I see took liberty that I didn't agree with, but at the same token, though, it has a special place in my heart. There's a lot... Mm. Uh, next movies in my list ha- are a little bit more diverse to me. Um, yeah. When it comes to this Halloween, though, I love the character development. I love all the characters in the movie, um, from the stage of young Michael Myers murdering little animals and helpless animals to what he becomes later on. Even mm-hmm. the part where, you know, you see Machete and they're, Mikey! I remember that movie being so mind-blowing, in my opinion, because I love Rob Zombie films altogether. So mm-hmm. when I heard that he was doing this remake, I was excited. Everybody was on the fence about it. I was excited, and it lived up to expectations to me. So um, I love the creative liberties he took on it, and I think it's an excellent film. Do I think it's the best remake? No, but I do think it's one of my favorites. That's why it's number four. Ooh, I mean, I, I, I thought that would have been higher on your list, bro. Honestly, knowing that yeah, you yeah. love Rob Zombie, White Zombie, Boy, you and then human. So, like. <laughs> I, got, I got some stuff up there up my sleeve. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Uh, but what about you now? We're going to go to number three. Number three. I'm going to go with number three because number three holds a special place in my heart. And I love that movie. And I remember watching the remake and i remember watching the original which is the japanese version i could have put it definitely higher on my list but i had to put it number three is the grudge like <laughs> I, I yeah i had a hard on for the grudge man like really? yeah like bro like it was okay. just I'll, I'll let you go go ahead go ahead <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember this is my opinion. You know, you put about his little boys with underwear meowing at me. Forget. <laughs> hey, you put Rob Zombie's Halloween remake number four, so you you have no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. 
I mean, the grudge, I had a hard on for the grudge because, I mean, I seen the Japanese version and like, I mean, of course, if you see the Japanese version, which is way more trivial than the American version, you're going to be like, oh, no, but it just had, um, it was something that like had never been done, you know, and I feel like it translated well from the Japanese version to the American version to a certain extent, because, you know, sometimes when you translate films like that from Japanese to American, you know, censorship and all that stuff, et cetera. Right. So, but it was just so creepy. That's what I liked about it. You know, when you see the the, the chick coming down the steps like that, you know, stuff like that. And, and the little kid, like you said, he was meowing at people in his underwears and his hands. But it still, it still had a creep factor. And it was just really trippy. I, it wasn't really sc- like in the sense of gory, but it was just more scary. That's why I had to put it as number three. Honestly. Okay. All right. All right. Was he in that Independence Day in there? <laughs> like the first five minutes and get murked? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I give you that one. That one threw me off guard right there. All right. Yeah. All right. A little surprise for you right there. <laughs> oh, well, I got a surprise for you then. See, I was telling you that we might have had something similar on our list, and this is where mm-hmm. it gets interesting because my yeah. number three is the remake of The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, okay. You put it higher, definitely, yeah. I do put it higher because it's one of the first remakes that I've seen that took liberties of being extra raunchy with their source material. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much in this in this movie that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. There's rape oh, scenes, there's crucifixion, yeah. there's um, animal mutilation, you know, there's a part where a dog mm-hmm. dies as well, too. And even mm-hmm. the uh, comeuppance with my man with the glasses and the stash... You know, yeah. <laughs> and his dog is Rin Tin Tin dog as well too. Kujo over here killing people. Um, yeah. The movie does take extreme liberties to make you feel uncomfortable, and that's what I like about a horror movie. When it comes to any horror movie, as long as you're making me feel uncomfortable to the point where I'm like, "Damn, should I even be watching this?" I know it's a great <laughs> horror movie. I'm a sick individual, so if I'm, up, I'm loving it even more. <laughs> no, I agree with you. When you're sitting in the movie theater, like looking around, like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" Like, really, this is against my my moral being code, my moral fiber. This is shit that you don't take off women on dates, no. and if you do, I don't know. More power to you, but then again, this is something to watch by yourself because then you're a creep as well. Where no, but my fault for cutting you off, bro. Like I remember, yeah, the 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 scene where um that pissed me the heck off, man. Like when um they set fire to the father. Remember? Yeah. When yeah, when they had the dude tied up and they were trying to rape the this dude's wife, and then they set fire to the father just to distract, and ooh, you just got pissed. I mean, I agree with you. All in one shot, too. All in one shot. That was just like a whole bunch of emotions being set off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like, you know, Ron Burgundy, I'm in a glass case of emotions <laughs> right now. <laughs> I think that's why I put it so high, because this movie, above the last two I had there, kind of made me feel that reaction. I'm like, shit, this is intense. And then I think that's mm-hmm. I hold that that special place in my heart as being one of the most intense remakes of all time yeah i agree with you there that that, that was intense because i remember seeing that movie in the theaters and yeah it, it definitely definitely made you like you know question yourself like what the fuck am i watching <laughs> i'm gonna let you go for your number two bro surprise me yeah, the number two dope i don't know if you're gonna be surprised but it's a tie one and two this one 
I had to think about it all day, and I had to mull over it all day, over and over. My number one, I'm real biased with it, so you'll see why it's number one. But my number two is the 2003 remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, <laughs> I knew yes. I put that in there, but for other reasons, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> you know probably what reason I put it in there. You know, but go ahead, you explained it. <laughs> but... I had to put that movie so high. I could even put it at number one, but the only reason why I didn't put it at number one is because I'm biased to who's number one. But that movie, man, that movie made you feel so helpless. I'm sorry. Like, I was sitting in the theaters watching that movie like, oh, my God. You know, like, scary. Like, and, and, and my man went crazy flailing the chainsaw. It wasn't like in the first original one. Yeah, that, you know, it was kind of more slow-paced. <laughs> You know, in the first one, it was more slow-paced. and this one, it was just, like, over the top. Like, you see in the first one where he's just, like, a bit slower, a bit methodical. Like, yeah, I'm going to get you. He has a little bit of moments of hyperness. But in this one, it was, like, you know, up to 10. And I, you probably know what I'm going to go with now. But one of my favorite scenes in that movie was when I think it was his father, his grandfather or something, was, was beating the cane on the floor. You know where I'm going. That's how you're laughing. <laughs> when he when he's beating the cane on the floor like bring it Thomas <laughs> and then he just opens the door up and pops out that epic chainsaw yeah. you know solo like woo, woo. Oh, man, I can't, I'll give you that one yeah what, what about your number two man what's your number two you might be surprised about this one or you might just be like yeah it makes sense but and in some cases, if my, if this movie had never came out for my number one, it, then my number two would have probably been my number one remake. Uh-huh. So this number two, is the number two, is going to be the 1986 <laughs> remake of The Fly. The Fly. Uh-huh. So not a lot of people know that The Fly was actually um, a 1933 movie back then, but <laughs> this remake, um, of course, um, shows off the, the beautiful pecs and the beautiful mullet of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> the one and only legend who becomes the Brendel Fly uh, in bodies trying to actually um, discover teleportation or at least a mild case of time travel. He accidentally fuses himself with a fly and it's just a crazy horror scene seeing this man um, deconstruct um, Every every other five minutes, a little piece of his body just falls apart. His teeth, his nails, his hair, him embracing what a fly can be. Just, you know, when a fly just throws up on something, just, uh, you know, regurgitates on something just to eat it again. And when you see Gina Davis just um, look at this creature and just someone who she truly loves in the movie just breaking down, it's like a version of Frankenstein, but except Frankenstein almost freaking wins in this in this in this movie frankenstein almost kills everybody and to the point where you see um the fly in the end begging for death begging for mercy so that way he could stop this rampage it was innovative it it, it launched jeff's career to new heights even though he was already popular and it's an iconic scene seeing um um jeff turn uh, taking his teeth out and taking his hair follicles out you know it, it's it's very iconic it's very gruesome very gory the special effects and the makeup were were out of this world so i give that a high 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 rating in my book one of my favorite movies of all time 
I definitely see what you're saying. Honestly, I've never seen that movie, so that's why I'm just saying like, oh, no, no, I, I, the fly. Like, I don't even know what's the lifespan of a fly. <laughs> oh, he'll tell you. <laughs> you need to see this just for Gina Davis, and not only Gina Davis, you need to see the the guy of Amanda, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> If you thought him in Jurassic Park laying on the table was sexy, look at Jeff Goldblum parading around. Jeff <laughs> the Jurassic Park guy, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I'm just saying, that man's a handsome man. <laughs> in his Independence Days as well, man. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is God. <laughs> and, oh, man. Uh, as life finds a way from Jeff Goldblum, I'm going to take it to you as your number one. What is life giving you as far as the number one remake of all time for horror? Well, I'm, I'm going to be like stupid biased right now because okay. you know me. Our friendship goes way 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 back and uh-huh. you know that my favorite horror film slash slasher dude or whatever has been michael myers oh that's so, so mad <laughs> <laughs> yeah always you remember i even had the little michael myers techno halloween yep. as a ringtone so yep number one is the 2007 rob zombie halloween remake and you already touched a lot of one of it but I have to put it number one because I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it honest with you. I'm biased as hell. I love Michael Myers. That's always been like my favorite dude, and that's why I'm gonna have to put it number one. Also, because in the old ones, I mean, you see that he was demented, and you see, you know, okay, oh, Michael Myers, yeah, he's creepy as hell and stuff, but. And this one, Rob Zombie ups it up a notch where he makes him a total fucking beast. You get what I'm saying? Like in that movie. Yeah, he just makes Michael Myers savage. Like, so that's what I like. It's like you already knew he was unstoppable, but in this one, it's just like he, he, even the the person they chose, like he he's like so muscular. You get what I'm saying? Like they made him such a beast that I was just impressed with that. I was like, oh. I love Michael Myers right now, and oh my god, you just you just did it for me, Rob Zombie. So that's why. Also, with being biased, but like, I mean, I don't want to be biased, but that's why I had to go with my number one horror film remake because I love Michael Myers, and that movie was just like, it was it for me. Like he was just such a fucking beast. Was there like a certain scene that you remember that just said, "Damn, this was it. This is what made me really like, <laughs> hey, this is my number one movie for a remake." <laughs> all time the 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 scene i think it was where like he bodied my man on a crapper (laughs) you remember like i think yeah i think where the dude was just like you know just sitting on the crapper and the gas station and stuff it was like and that scene and like you said you know when um machete you know nothing in the movie like he just showed michael compassion and where he just took it out on him it just showed him that Yo, this guy's a savage. You get what I'm saying? Like, not even somebody that showed him compassion. And like you said, you know, you see him developing from little Michael to what he is right now, you know? So those little key scenes and features like that, it's what made it for me, like, uh, okay, bro, like, you you really did Michael Myers justice right now. So I give you that one. I give you that one. Not for me to put him uh, Halloween so high on my list compared to all Mm -hmm. the ones, but I definitely agree. Halloween remake has such a a special place in my heart. I even hate to call it a remake because I like to think of it as its own little entity in the Halloween universe. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. Because if you honestly look at it and you sit back and you sit down and watch the movie, you could, like you said, you could actually let it be its own entry into the universe. Because I had little features where it's like, okay, this could be a standalone film. But I mean, they 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 named it a remake. But I feel like Rob Zombie did it justice. I'm I'm not gonna lie. What about your number one? What's up with you? This is I know it's gonna be trippy and funky. Let me have it. You're gonna be mad. You're gonna be mad. Christmas yeah. name at the top of the episode. So don't be mad. I know you haven't seen it, but the all uh, best remake to me is it. 2017. Yes, it. Um, I just recently saw it. And I wasn't believing the hype at first of what this mm. could be. But after mm. seeing it, after looking at every part of the movie and examining it two times, I see that, number one, the nostalgia factor hits me so hard. If you are a fan of Stranger Things and um, Super 8 and movies like that, you love the elements of little kids rising up to an occasion. Mm. It is a fantastic movie. It always hits home. That little, that little um, element of having, like, your your youth trying to defeat something that could be um, oblivious to adults really hits mm-hmm. home to me. Things like E.T., things like uh, Close Encounters of Third Kind, things of Super 8, things of uh, looking back at the newest Stranger Things episode coming out in, Oct- in October. These things hit hard to me. So when you see these kids ultimately go against what fear, the embodiment of fear is, whether it be a painting, whether it be um the the realization of a of a father trying to molest you whether it be the fear of clowns whether it be the, the fear of fear itself just being afraid of your own body asthma or medication it 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 it's something that is relatable to every single person that can watch this movie i think the acting's phenomenal for these 10 to from age groups from like about 7 years old to 17 years old they are all great i feel that the, the the actor that played Pennywise was a little off at first, but then again, he came into his own at the end, and it was just brilliant. He's going to be an iconic figure in the horror genre for a long time. Is he as great as Tim Curry? No, but of course, his rendition is something just like in Michael Myers, where I could see this being its own entity, and you can watch this without even watching the original it and never see it. We'll never really tell the difference. It could be its own little thing. So you feel like it's one of those movies like if a younger demographic was to go watch it, they could get the hint from it, like where it's like, you know, standing up against your fear, standing up against that bully, something like that. Definitely. And even for adults, being oblivious to certain things kids see, you know, bullying or or being sick or being gay or being anything in this world, just being being oblivious to your children as well, too. It hits home as well, too. I think this, uh, this um, surpasses any kind of age group. You could take a 13-year-old to see this like I did, and she could feel a certain way to it. Or you could take a 30-something-year-old to see this, and they'll feel a certain way. Um, I feel that it's a movie that transcends an audience. And, and at the end of the day, that's what makes a good movie. And, and these days, that's what makes a great remake. So um, that's my number one. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about it, honestly, bro. So that's why I've been meaning to try to catch it. So I can see why you put it so high up in your list because I've heard nothing but great things. I already heard they even have a sequel plan for uh, 2019, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. And we're, that, that's not even clear because the original It movie is so long. It's almost about four hours long it, with the director's cut. And looking at that movie as a whole... It's, it's a pretty um, ambitious movie to take on for two movies, but if you could do it correctly, if they give the same setup as they did in the same direction they did in the first one, chapter one, as they're calling it, 
Chapter 2 should be awesome as well, too. So I'm having high hopes for the movie. I think it's great. I think this episode turned out pretty great. It took a couple of hookups to try, but I think we did pretty awesome with it. I definitely <laughs> think we did awesome with this episode. I agree with you, even though we sat here for like an hour trying to do it, you know. It was kind of frustrating. I was about to give up all hopes, but, but you no know. Hope. Huh? <laughs> Never give up hope. Never give up hope. Where can- Never. <laughs> but real quick, um... With the with the it, like I said, I'm not really up on the whole it universe. I was checking. What what's the deal behind that? Is it like a a, a clown or was it like? Because I heard that it was like an evil entity that just rises up from the sewers and preys on a little kid. So like, in a way, it is like an evil entity. Uh, it's more of a demon character okay. uh, preying on people's fears, of course. So that's why oh, they yeah. give it the name it because it could be about anything. It could be that that paper in the wall that you thought you saw moved, and yeah. like, hmm, did, did it really look at me? It's that hair yeah. raising feeling. It's that thing where you're in an upstairs apartment and you thought you saw something on the staircase. It's that kind of movie, the embodiment of fear, but actually taking a form. Oh, okay, I see. Real quick, I know that, that hence the name Jay Rance. I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. I don't know if you want to cut this short, but Not- actually seeing. I, not too long ago, I seen the curse of um Chucky. Was it? Oh man, that oh, that movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I feel like that movie could have been so much better. But the thing is, I felt like they stuck to um to that old school Chucky, you know, eighties, nineties slasher film and stuff, where like this little doll overpowers every human being. It's like it could have been so much better for the you know the time frame that they did it. But since we're talking about horror films, I'm sorry, I had to just throw that out there, like, you know. No, yeah, there's some honorable mentions I could always throw out there, too. I thought the Czech Texas Chainsaw Master was a great movie as far as a remake as well, too. Um, if we're looking at a couple of things that may have passed, in my opinion, I personally like the Poltergeist remake that came out. I wouldn't call it a horror movie, but I do think it belongs up there as a, as a pretty okay remake. And even... um. The movie that came out with the ring, the the marketing with the ring that came out, even though it's a decent movie, Ring You was yeah. better, just like how The Grudge was. But uh, for the time back in the day, if you look at it now, it's pretty dated. But if you go back in time from 2002 and 2001, the marketing, I remember looking at Adult Swim and just watching TV one day, looking at some Cowboy Bebop, and out of nowhere, you just see like a, a distorted picture in the rings actually, actually right there, just saying, you know, no, no marketing whatsoever. It's like a, falling off a cliff, and it says the ring and the end. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that was like, um, damn, I don't remember the year, but you remember when Saul was coming out that they started spooking people out <laughs> with great. the commercials and the actual TV, you know, viewing shit. Like I remember seeing that that. I'm sitting here watching like a football game, for example, and then all of a sudden you saw a little dude just flash on the screen. I'm like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> like, yeah, marketing that 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 still works today, and I don't know why they don't use that to their advantage in a world where TV and advertisements and YouTube and everything streaming these days at your dispose at your suspense. Go for mm-hmm. it, scare the hell out of people, make these movies watchable. Definitely, I agree with you, bro. Like, cause that that had people bugged out. Cause I remember asking a few friends, and I remember asking you, like, "Hey, were you watching TV like last yeah. night around twelve o'clock? And did you see the, the <laughs> yeah. image flash?" Definitely, definitely. I mean, I know there's a couple of movies. I maybe we'll try to do a podcast of maybe one day. 
Well, we're going to try to fight some stuff uh, for next week, but I think we should try to tackle on another time maybe the seven worst remakes. I think we'll have plenty of content to go around with when it comes to that one. Oh, yeah, that one sounds good. Yeah, definitely the seven, I mean, the five worst remakes. Yeah, I'm with that because there's a bunch that are just like horrible. So that actually sounds good, that topic. All right, we'll leave people to sal- salivate for that one. I want to uh, just plug your podcast right about now. Where can people find you on Bumpers? They can find me on Bumpers at underscore J Rance. And my, um, excuse me, my episode is called The Stoop, where we sit down and talk about anything and everything, pop culture, sports mainly, anything, et cetera. Whatever you guys want to hear, let me know. I'll rant about it like I'm doing right now. So that's where you can catch me at. Awesome, awesome. Always, you can find us at the Side Room Podcast. We're going to try to see if we get Jay Rance on the Side Room Podcast one of these days so we can have a full episode. That would be great for the boys just to meet you, and we'll have a, a dandy time. Um, <laughs> you can reach us at Facebook at the Side Room Podcast, our Gmail account at the Side Room Podcast. We're both on Twitter, whether it be the Side Room Podcast and the Sidecast, and we're both on Google Play as well, too. Get at us. Rate, review, whether it be on bumpers, rate this fucking episode because we want to hear your feedback. Feedback, people. We need that feedback. Let us know if we're doing horrible. Yeah. We care. We'll get better. Constructive criticism. That's now, what we fuck, need. This episode did great. You want to know why? Because it took like six or seven fucking tries and it worked. Yeah. So I don't even care if I don't have to edit anything whatsoever or edit a million things. I am very <laughs> proud of the fact that we made it happen. It's. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's Raji, the Lost Tapes of the Sidecast. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, always keep your mind on the side. Later. Later.